we Texan accent. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your Texan accent? <laughs> this is. <laughs> uh, so let me let me read a little bit of your bio. I've got a lot here. I won't read the whole thing, but uh, uh, Mathieu Dumotier is a professional singer and conductor. Uh, he graduated in orchestra, choir conducting, violin, and singing in the Conservatoire de Nice, Aux. Uh, in Provence, I pardon, pardon my, my bad French there, in France. He completed his studies in Basel, Switzerland with Maestro Rodolfo Fischer for conducting and Richard Levitt, Andreas Scholl, teacher for singing, okay? Uh, as a conductor, he created in France the Passion Classique Orchestra in 2011, in which he has been conducting more than 100 concerts, playing the main composer's great pieces from Baroque to the 20th century, concerto, symphonies, operas, and uh, movies so so you are a musician extraordinaire and t- tell us about the early inspiration when you were a kid did you just always know that you wanted to do this uh, oh of course i don't uh, deserve everything by myself be- but i will thank you my parents who put me uh, at the playing violin at four years old uh, my father was the director of the conservatoire of music of nice which is one of the best conservatoire of music in France. So I was in the music uh, since I was very young. Uh, but when I uh, was at the end of my uh, studies at 17 years old, he they did everything they could to put me out of music. Oh, really? I did some low studies, some economic studies. But after six years of very boring studies, I was allowed to go back to music. And so since my 22, yes, almost 20 years now, I've been uh, working a lot of conducting conducting orchestras and singing in France and in Switzerland with uh, very, very uh, good teachers. And so now I, uh, yeah, I conduct three orchestras regularly, the symphonic, symphonic one in France, Passion Classics, a Baroque one in Monaco, in France, Ensemble Baroque de Monaco, and the Lafayette musicians here. And my aim to create the Lafayette musicians was really to link uh, my faith to music because there are many, many, many uh, pieces dealing with faith. And in France, it doesn't have the same meaning. When you play this, people come for uh, for listening as any concert, a concerto from Mozart or Tchaikovsky. They listen very neutrally uh, speaking the 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 faithful music here i really want people to hear but also to understand what they will hear for every of our concerts we are giving booklets in which there are explanations about how the composer was inspired by god and how he cre- he linked the music and the text mm. so really people can understand more about music or about faith by listening to our concert. Yeah. Now, how did you preserve your faith in such a secular culture? Because I know before we started, you told me that uh, it's hard to even have religious conversations in France these days. But uh, obviously, this is something that means a lot to you, and I'm, I presume to your wife as well. Yeah. So how did uh, how did that happen? Hmm. I, I I wouldn't have uh, uh, one explanation. I would say that. Holy Ghost worked on me since uh, since ever. My mom was born in in Poland in Częstochowa, which is the city where people go to make pilgrimage. Yeah, uh, there is a uh, how do you say the Black Mary here? 
Yeah, yeah, Black Madonna. Yeah, Black, yeah, Madonna. Black Madonna. She's in the city where she's born. It's a very incredible city to visit. If you have one city to visit for a Christian in Poland, is Częstochowa. Yeah. Uh, and so she was a lot influenced by, by God, and she transmitted this to me. So mm. I'm grateful to, to, to my family and to my mom. Yeah, praise God. You are clearly, from what you said, doing a lot of international uh, you know, music and conducting. And so I, I think I probably asked you this the last time you were in, and I'll ask it again because I don't remember, remember but the answer, to be honest with you, why are you here? We're thankful that you're here. Uh, in fact, I interviewed another, um, I don't know if he was Italian or French, another gentleman who I, I need to probably connect you with, a great musician, and he was here, but he was studying under somebody at SMU. But um, why, 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 why are we blessed to have you and your family here in North Texas? Well, uh, for, first, I, since 10 years now, I've been working in uh, the whole world, in France, in Asia, in the U.S., and uh, it's just a, uh, a chance. My, my, uh, it's my wife who had a proposal to work here in Dallas, uh, a, a very interesting position. And so the whole family followed. And me, whereas I'm working in Dallas or in France, it's it the same. My profession allows me to work yeah. everywhere in the world. But thank God it's in Dallas. And really, since three years, we are so, so grateful to be here to be able to, to talk uh, about faith to every friend around us. It's really, really such a big difference with friends. Mm -hmm. Have you found the people to be friendly? Do a lot of people say, hey, what's that accent? Where are you from? Or a lot, lot of uh, interest and uh, curiosity about you? Uh, yes, more my wife who has a worse accent than me. <laughs> <laughs> or better, depending on the perspective. Right? Yeah, yeah, or better. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But yeah, the, in the first days we arrived, we were so... Uh, touched by people that see you in the street and to say goodbye they say god bless you <laughs> it was so yeah. touchful for us and so incredible in france someone who said this he goes in the hospital <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I was at mcdonald's That's yesterday sad. and the lady handed me my hamburger and said have a blessed day you you yeah. hear that a lot you hear a lot of uh, yeah that, that's awesome well, we're I hope so, it's sincere <laughs> oh i oh i think it is i think it is uh, but now um uh, the, the classical music meets faith in DFW. This this event just looks so wonderful, and it seems really classy, and it seems like it's just a like well, you put a soul lifting experience. So, let's just kind of take a, a few of these. Uh, first of all, early Baroque treasures by candlelight. Uh, educate this uh, this ignorant guy here. Uh, what do we mean by the Baroque period? So Baroque period or Renaissance period, which okay. will be uh, between the 15 up to the beginning of 17th century. So this is uh, really the start of the music. Before we had Gregorian music only. And then uh, Renaissance music came. And uh, then the first Baroque composers were uh, Monteverdi, Carissimi. And they were the real starters of what music uh, became. And thanks to them, we have music today uh, that comes from them. So this concert is really, um, I would say, a, travel, a time travel. Imagine you will be in the darkness with only hundreds of uh, candlelights, electric, of course, because the house is all <laughs> Don't burn the place down, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there will be only uh, 60 people in the audience, not more. Oh, it's okay. uh, cozy and uh, small. And uh, we will start singing in the darkness with only small uh, lights. Uh, music from the, uh, going back to the beginning of the 
15th century, so very old one, uh, with a French composer you may not know called uh, Guillaume Dufay. He was a really incredible composer back in the days. And then we will uh, sing very interesting 16 pieces, which are around three minutes each. So it's not a very long concert, but going in the progressively in the time from so the 14th, then uh, 15th, uh, 16th, and 17th century. So people will really hear difference between uh, between the first and the last with the progression. And it's a travel in the time, but in the space too, because we will have French composers. Spanish composers, English ones, uh, German ones, and and so this this will be a progression in the in the mm. concert. And I'm guessing that the the music from those different countries and also the different time periods, like you say, there's there's a progression, there's a difference. So how would the the German music be different from the French music, or you know, uh, 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 I don't know what other country. So, the, but you would be able to, to tell the difference, or maybe will there be some narrative know, and some explanation as we go along? We will ask people not to applause during the concert, so yeah. there it will be like, like a big prayer uh, the whole whole time. But we will give people one hour before. Uh, the programs will these explanations I told you about a little earlier. Yeah. So that I I will ask them to read before the concert after yeah. it will be too yeah, late. A preparation, right? Yeah. And, uh, and by the way, do, during six and seven, there will uh, people are welcome to come, and there will be a, a, a dinner, a cocktail with French wines, and I hope they won't drink too much <laughs> before. <laughs> oh, of course not. Very uh, temperate crowd, I'm sure. Yeah. And then they will discover this music. They will read before, and it will. Be, it will be an interesting and a learning time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, sounds like a, a wonderful, you know, date night uh, for, yeah. for guys. In fact, as, as we're talking, I was like, I think my wife would love this, you <laughs> know. Uh, the Lafayette musicians, who are these folks? So uh, I created this ensemble at the uh, beginning of this year. We made our first big concert in last May with uh, Handel and Lillian David's Psalms in Christ the King Church. And uh, so it's, uh, I am a uh, of course, uh, the French conductor, but uh, mainly the, the the musicians I auditioned are more or less all from the region, from the area. And fortunately, I, as I told you, with the difference with France, it's easier to find also uh, musicians who are believers. And for me, it's s- such important because they will sing something they really believe. And mm. this can render... a another dimension and consist- consistency of the, the what they are singing. And it's interesting you say that because I know that many times in my work in Catholic radio, I've, uh, I've done interviews with actors and the actors are playing Christian parts. They may play an apostle. They may play, you know, what, what have you. And uh, and sometimes the the people organizing the interviews say don't don't ask them about their faith, you know, because they they they, they or they don't want to answer questions about the faith, or they may not even be people of faith. But from what you're saying, it 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 makes a difference, doesn't it? Then the way that you play the part, the really? way you play the music, yeah, really. And at this period, mainly uh, because maybe the actors you're talking about are playing modern pieces, but these songs, uh, Monteverdi, which was the Famous for being the first Baroque composer, uh, 
told uh, first the text, then the music. So as for him as a composer, uh, the text was much more important than, than the music. So the people are firstly saying a text before singing. So if they don't understand or they don't believe in what they are say, saying, they won't touch the goal of the composer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, you mentioned Monteverdi being the, the first Baroque composer. Uh, what about Purcell, Thales, uh, uh, is it Karasimi and Bird? Uh, tell us a little bit about the, those four. Yeah, so the I can tell you may, uh, maybe also about the other composers. It will be fast. The, the French ones will be, the, the oldest one will be uh, Dufay, I told you earlier. There will be also Roland de la Suisse, uh, which was very uh, famous too as a, as a French, ma- uh, French composer. Uh, we have English ones, which are uh, famous, which is William Bird. He was a Catholic composer, and by the way, he was uh, at this time the the queen was Protestant, uh, so he could uh, have many risks in his life. But he was such so gifted, such a great composer that the queen allowed him to go maybe twenty miles away from London, but having a residency and still having the right, uh, a very rare right to compose music, to write music, to order music, to print music. Printing music at this time was not allowed, and he was allowed to. So Printing was, music, the Catholic music you mean, or just yeah, any yeah, music his, mu- his music, and, yeah, and all the right. music. Okay, so he, he has to. an incredible right uh, back in the time. It was really <laughs> incredible. So he, he was uh, an amazing composer, and we are just uh, having his 400th birthday, uh, you say birthday of his uh, yeah, death, yeah. or anniversary? Oh, anniversary. Anniversary, yeah. Anniversary, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> No, that's okay. Uh, so, uh, very interesting. So, these are all, I think you said, what, uh, uh, 15th through 18th century? Is that the, the basic time frame or thereabouts? 15 to 17th. 15 to 1700s. Okay, very. Uh, and if you're just tuning in, uh, we are talking about a beautiful early Baroque Treasures by Candlelight concert. You talk about uh, romantic and beautiful and lifting your soul. Uh, to the Lord, an unforgettable, intimate, soul-lifting performance. Uh, 60, 60 people in there. So if you want to get tickets, if you're inspired by this, uh, go to lafayettemusicians.org, lafayettemusicians.org. My guest is professional singer and conductor Matthew Dumotier. And uh, again, he's been doing this. Uh, you, you look so young. You say you've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, it seems like I started early. Started about <laughs> four years old, right? Uh, the Dallas Aldridge House Museum, 5500 Swiss Avenue. Again, LafayetteMusicians.org. Now, you, you mentioned before we started that I think you said like 14 of the 16 pieces are like overtly religious or, you know, they're, how, how will a person, you know, how how is the soul lifted through music? I, I'm guessing if there are is any singing, it's probably going to be in a different language. So we may not. It's not going to be in English, right? Uh, yeah. So some are, but how, uh, how, how does a person, pre, you know, dispose themselves to come to a concert like this to get the most out of it from a spiritual standpoint? Uh, first, uh, the role of these booklets we will give to the people is really important because they are all the translations, uh, mm-hmm. and this is uh, very important uh, because. Maybe some uh, speak in Latin. We will speak, sing in Latin, uh, in Italian, in uh, French, but also in English. So some pieces will be in Old English, but very understandable for uh, for modern people. So yes, uh, we will give the ingredients through the booklets to 
understand everything. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned some of the songs have a theme of For Our Lady, right? Marian songs. Uh, what, what are those uh, about? Yeah, uh, the, the first one we wanted, to, I, want, I wanted to introduce the concert with a hymn for Mary, which is very famous, Ave Maris Stella. Uh, it's a Gregorian song, Ave Maris Stella. The Gregorian will, uh, uh-huh. will know this. It is uh, the most tube of the Gregorian <laughs> period, and uh, which was uh, harmonized by this French composer. Uh, so we will sing for uh, for Mary here uh, a William Bird piece. Uh, this Catholic English composer is a Beata Vichera, which means the uh, the inside of Mary, who were a saint because they had the body of Christ inside. So it's a hymn for mm. the body of of Mary. Yeah. yeah. And um, our St. Anne's Capel is, you know, known for their music. Curtis Stephen, who you probably have met. Have you had any opportunities to uh, lend your talent musically to the parish at all or anything Stephen else? Stephen Curtis uh, proposed me to sing sometimes, but we are not singing the same kind of uh, music really. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes on different uh, period of the year, he proposed me to to sing a, a little with them. But we are really not on the same kind of music, so yeah, right. It's not a lot, a lot of opportunities. But he's so nice with me. Uh, they allowed me to make uh, rehearsals in the church. You know, it's a very big parish, so there is yeah. a music room. And so I thank them for, for allowing me to, to rehearse them. It's hard to find beautiful places mm-hmm. to rehearse. Yeah. Does Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, this Metroplex, does it have a pretty vibrant music scene? Have you, have you been able to connect with other people that uh, do appreciate the kind of music that you're uh, performing and singing? Or uh, is, is this a, a good place for music, uh, this part of the country? Mm, uh, it's only the start for me, so it's a little hard to answer. I have been to many places, many churches churches and uh, places of concert, uh, symphony halls, to, to see concerts. Uh, I would say um, there it's like uh, France, maybe the Opera House. It's more for the people who are really uh, loved with, uh, who love, who really love uh, operas, and they won't necessarily go to our early music concerts. Uh, but there are many, many concerts in churches. And so when it's related to faith, I think that a lot of people could be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, mo- modern music today, do you, uh, uh, you, you mentioned all these guys that are from, you know, several hundred years ago. What, what's, what's the, is great music being produced today? I mean, uh, 200 years from now, will they look back and, and say, wow, these, these, this is the, uh, the Monte Verde, the Purcell of the, the 21st century. Are there, are there some good ones out there? I mean, of course, you're, mm. you're a great musician. Are the, is this, is this a fertile time for music? And you are know? you talking about classical music or, yeah, yeah, or you're, you're, music yeah, you hear on the radio? No, no, no. You're, you're kind of music. I mean, <laughs> are there good classical musicians? Anybody that, um, would be like the, the, the Mozart or the Bach? Uh, you know, we may not even know their name right now, but who, who's, uh, but who are you impressed with? In the last 50 years, it's, uh, for me, uh, it's very hard to tell because music has become a very uh, clever, I would say, and not heart-related or not God-related. So when a, compo- a composer starts to, to compose, he says, okay, I will make a 100-measure uh, um, composition. And he doesn't follow some melodies. It's uh, atonal music and with no melodies. So that, for me, the... I would say that the only music that will stay in one or two hundred years would be the movies music. 
which yeah, all has, movies. Yes, which has really uh, melodies you can have in the, in mind the mu- melody of Indiana Jones yeah. or Harry Potter. But if I give you modern composers, you cannot find a melody. So what's, oh, is that what's right? the goal? Something a melody means something that kind of sticks in your head and something yeah, that, that you can sing, like the dun 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 yeah. of, of uh, Beethoven, right? Yeah. Was that his fifth symphony? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I conducted <laughs> it three months ago. <laughs> yeah, and da, 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 dum, yeah. Da, 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 the contrary. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So do you do you have a favorite composer of all time? Uh, it's really impossible to tell because top, top two or three. Who who are your favorites? No, you talked about Beethoven for a conductor. It's really a center. You would say uh, Bach as a as a early baroque lover from like me. Bach is amazing. I love a French baroque like uh, Lully or Rameau, which are less famous but are amazing. And Charpentier. If you come to the concert, the last piece is from Charpentier which is one of the three most famous Baroque composer. And uh, you will have uh, goosebumps all the time and uh, you, you, will, you, you can cry at this concert. Yeah, you Really, really. It's dissonance that touches the one to the other. It's touches the soul, huh? And the soul. <laughs> yeah, we um, da- down to the last couple of minutes. And again, uh, professional singer, conductor from France. Uh, blessed to have him and his wife and his, uh, their, their two boys here in North Texas living with us from St. Anne Parish in Capelle, uh, Mathieu Dumotier. And uh, the concert is Saturday, November 11th. Okay, so this is really right around the corner. And so get your tickets, uh, lafayettemusicians.org. Only 60 people are going to be able to be in there. Early Baroque Treasures by Candlelight, Monteverdi, Purcell, Talis, uh, Carsimi, and uh, Bird among the artists that uh, musicians that will be uh, performed. So i uh, got about a minute. So why don't you just tell people uh, how much the tickets are and anything else you want to say in about a minute before we close out. Okay, so uh, by now there are uh, 25 tickets remaining. Uh, the tickets are a little less than 100, uh, but the, this is including the valet parking and the cocktail and the and the drinks and the wines. So it's, uh, yes, I would say all included. And um, yeah, re- I think this kind of concert ha- would have never been done in the area. And all the pieces, I selected them very carefully that can interest Okay, the the people who know about music, but mainly the people who are not uh, used to hear this kind of music. So they are all really small pieces of treasures of three minutes. And uh, I think you you would never hear this before in this context with candlelights around you and singers who will be really in a small piece close to you uh, all around. All right. Uh, thank you so much for visiting. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Early Broke Treasures by Candlelight by the Lafayette Musicians, uh, including conductor uh, Mathieu Dumotier, uh, November 11th, 6 p.m., Dallas Aldridge House Museum on Swiss Avenue. Go to lafayettemusicians.org to get your tickets, lafayettemusicians.org. Thank you for the visit. Thanks again to Mary Creason uh, for suggesting this. And uh, don't miss out on this opportunity. This sounds like a, a really amazing opportunity for a date night or maybe bring the kids or the older kids probably and you'll really enjoy it. This has been the interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Thank you to Cecil. Thank you for listening and uh, may God bless you. Thank you, Dave. The Knights of Columbus Council 5052 invite all GRN listeners to their Veterans Day family dinner on Friday, November 10th at the Spring Lake Event Center in Dallas. Doors open at 6 p.m. for this enchilada dinner with sides and dessert. 
Tickets are $10 for adults and $5 for children. There is no charge for veterans. Come celebrate Council 5052's 63rd anniversary and honor those who defend our freedom. They hope to see you there. Hi, I'm Dave Kelly, owner of Kelly Custom Remodeling, a Catholic full-service remodeling and construction company, and a new sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Our motto is Turis Fortis Mihi Deus. God is my tower and strength. If you're dreaming of remodeling your home or business, you can reach me via email, dave at kelly, that's K-E-L-L-Y, customremodeling.com, or by phone at 972-804-2513. That's 972-804-2513. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are uh, approaching uh, the, the beautiful season of Advent. It's such a wonderful time of year. We hope you are doing well. Thank you for tuning in every Saturday to these interviews of the week. I enjoy so much hosting them. I get to learn so much about all the good things happening here in North Texas and get to interview some of uh, the shakers and movers, the people that are doing great things. I do want to thank Cecil and James for helping to run the uh, interview behind the scenes in our production room and also my uh, topic today is a returning topic something that i've done several interviews and it's so important to talk about the mission of dawn of mercy which is to offer emotional and spiritual healing to individuals harmed by sexual assault uh, through weekend retreats and ongoing trauma recovery support They help the wounded see the truth about their self-worth and their goodness in the eyes of God in order to live lives of joy, peace, and freedom. And the founder and uh, president of the group is Sherry Havlick, who uh, I have worked with for uh, many years, especially with the Catholic Pro-Life community as uh, the Speakers Bureau. She was my boss at one point with the Speakers Bureau. And uh, she joins us. Sherry, how are you doing? Thanks for being here. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Dave, for having us. Yeah, certainly. And also, you have... uh, also invited Becky Vesosky, also a very familiar name on Catholic Radio. Becky Vesosky is a board member for Dawn of Mercy, and you also will know her from being a past executive director of the Catholic Pro-Life community. She is an attorney, and she also now is working with uh, Lauren Musica with Sidewalk Advocates for Life. <laughs> Becky, I don't know how you do it. You're a busy lady, but thank you for being on the program with us today as well. It's great to be back, Dave. Thanks for having us. All right. So I, Sherry, I gave, and one thing that we're going to really highlight during this interview, and I want to just mention it here and we'll give more details, is a event coming up on December 4th in the morning, and it's going to be at St. Rita Catholic Community uh, Common Center from 8.30 to 10 a.m. It's called Beyond Survival. So we're going to have more details about that. But uh, Sherry, other than what I already mentioned with the mission statement, uh, what should people know kind of right off the bat about Dawn of Mercy? So Dawn of Mercy is a healing ministry, and we focus on sexual assault and abuse. There's a lot of traumas that go on in people's lives. What we have found over time is that they're all related, but so many of them actually start with having some kind of sexual trauma as a child, um, teenager. It can happen anywhere in a life. Mm -hmm. And so... um, 
that's that's what we kind of decided to focus on was the sexual trauma, abuse, assault, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so needed. I know there's, uh, we can talk about maybe some of the statistics. It's uh, quite common, I think, for women and men. Maybe women, people may be surprised that it, it does affect a lot of men. In fact, as we are speaking right now, there is a an event for healing for men. I know it's obviously it's too late for people to sign up for that. You'll do another one in the fall. But uh, this is this impacts men and women, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's one in three women and one in four men. That's what kind of surprises people is is the statistic for men that have been affected by sexual violence sometime in their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Becky Visotsky, as I mentioned, a board member. Becky, uh, in the midst of your busy life as a wife and mom and working for Sidewalk Advocates for Life, why, why did you find it important to join the board of Dawn of Mercy? Well, as you mentioned early, Sherry and I worked together at Catholic Pro-Life Community, and I think it was just really eye-opening that a lot of times the violence that we see happen to the human person um, begins very early in life and can lead to just, you know, increasingly dire circumstances as they get older if it doesn't get addressed. So, you know, a woman who experiences abortion later in life, we often find out has sexual violence in her past. And so when you experience that type of violence at a younger age or as a young adult, it really starts to frame how you see the world. And if that trauma isn't addressed, it just continues to spiral, continues to create cycles of violence. And in our current culture, it's just so critical that we provide a resource to people where they can find a safe place to find healing. And, you know, Sherry had such a gift for um, organization and, and uh, coupled with a devotion just to to really seeing the fulfillment of human dignity that I thought it was such a perfect opportunity when she saw this need and stepped up and wanted to fulfill it in in our diocese um, that it seemed like a natural a natural yes for me to, to be a part of, of the organization. Yeah, and also want to give out content information. We'll give this out several times during the um, the interview. There's a, a helpline, 469-613-3296, uh, 469-613-3296. The website, dawnofmercy.org, and you can also email healing at dawnofmercy.org. And Sherry, you mentioned childhood abuse, and uh, Becky mentioned about how sometimes it's associated also with an abortion, which obviously would happen generally with more uh, adult uh, women and, and, and men. But uh, is there a, does it pretty much span the people that you're helping the entire life from children all the way into adult, uh, a rape or incest or what? Uh, what, what is kind of the, the, the variety of uh, folks that come to you and say, I, I'm, I'm really looking for healing from sexual abuse? There is a variety. That's a good way to put it. Um, Many of the women that that we've had and the men, it has generally been um, during childhood, you know, a younger time. We have also those who have had in college and some a little bit beyond. And statistically, that is where most of the sexual assault happens, sexual assault or abuse. For many people, it takes... 30, 40 years before they're able to to come to terms with, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they think that they, they just take the trauma and they stuff it down inside of them because it's such a personal trauma that they don't, they just don't know how to deal with it. They don't want to say it openly. And so sometimes it takes 
30, 40 years for someone to come forward and say, hey, yes, maybe I do need some healing. Mm-hmm. Some, it's right away. We've had um, college age that it was a very recent experience. Um, so there is a variety. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, as we mentioned, for men and women as well, probably also a tendency to maybe blame themselves or they are gaslit into believing that they did something wrong or they invited it. And there's uh, there's probably just a whole range of emotions and uh, uh, that that go, that go along with the, this this uh, hopefully a future healing process. Absolutely. Since it's such a personal trauma, personal means it's inside because to rightly sex is an intimate uh, thing intimate meaning you know kept between two people mm-hmm. so being so intimate the trauma becomes intimate which means inside you don't spread it outside we don't go around talking about our sexual experiences yeah at least we shouldn't because it is private and so that's what makes us shove it even more more inside and not even admitting that it might be affecting what's happening to me today Yes, Donna Mercy is the uh, topic today. Sherry Havlick, founder and president, also board member Becky Visotsky, joining us via phone as well. DonnaMercy.org is the website. We got a lot to talk about, and there are um, the the event on December fourth. Let, let's just go ahead and, and talk about this now. What what is this event? What's the purpose? And uh, you know what will be going on 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 the morning of December fourth? So it is a breakfast. It's a, we call it a networking breakfast, and the name of it is Beyond Survival. Since we talked about how personal this this event is and how how hard the trauma is, many people are just in survival mode. So it's not just what we have for healing. So the Catholic pro-life community, as Becky mentioned, um, they also serve women who are having a pregnancy. Um, other organizations serve women who don't have a home or who are being abused by their spouse or boyfriend. So, so many of these things are so intertwined. It doesn't take one organization. It takes many. It takes all of us. And that's the purpose of this networking. Whatever the services that you provide, you are probably, you are all needed to help all of these women, men, families, everyone that that uh, can be affected by sexual abuse or assault. So it's a networking breakfast where we want all these organizations to come together and just get to know what each other does. Okay. And so that that's pretty broad as far as anything that would be even remotely or directly involved with something like healing from sexual abuse. What if somebody's just like, oh, I'd be interested in coming. I'm not part of any organization. I just want to come and maybe look into volunteering or supporting. Can they come? If they are interested and would like to help in some way, we would love to have them come. Um, Or maybe they know an organization or are involved in another organization. Like say they're involved in St. Vincent de Paul. And maybe so they can go and tell St. Vincent de Paul that this is happening. Now, we've sent emails to many, many organizations, but... I don't know them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's great to spread the news. Yeah, that yeah, this certainly. This is happening. Certainly. Becky, I'm, I'm just curious the, the role of a board member and maybe some of the takeaways that you've had as a board member so far. It's, uh, it's obviously it's a very emotionally powerful ministry and helping people in very, very difficult times, which is probably like, like you mentioned, you drew the, the parallel to, to abortion, which you have a lot of experience in. But what has been your experience so far as a board member? 
anything, I think just trying to help Sherry and, and Bernice and her team to get the word out there. Um, because a lot of times we find, particularly in our, in our current environment, you know, there's a lot more out there in the public sphere that's negative. So trying to get the word out about positive forces in our culture, positive forces in our community, things that are there as a support system when people feel broken. And I think, you know, this event Beyond Survival is a key part of that. And I, I wanted to mention, too, because she's such a great resource that Bernice Simmons, who is a trauma specialist, so will be presenting at that event um, about the changing patterns of behavior and how to rewrite that narrative, really speaking to how to understand the mental health aspects of trauma and how to help our clients move from kind of that survival brain to the higher level brain where you can really start to not just survive, but thrive. And so as a board member, we're just there as a support system to help get that word out, you know, brainstorm ways we can connect with the people that really need these services, but also connect the organization so we're all working together towards the same goal of having a healthy and happy and faith-filled community. Yeah, that's always the the challenge. Even in Catholic Radio, you would think everybody knows there's Catholic Radio, but I, I come across people all the time that say, oh, I didn't even know we had a Catholic Radio station. I mean, we've been around 17 years. So this is, uh, as uh, Becky says, Sherry, one of the big things with the December 4th breakfast is get the word out. We we, right. we exist. We want, we want to network with you and uh, has... Uh, has that been a challenge uh, in the, the year? The, I guess you've been doing this for a couple of years now, right? About uh, about four years now. Four years, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's always a challenge because places change, people change, uh, new organizations come up. Some, you know, it it is a challenge. Um, but one thing that I think we all realize, and I was talking with uh, one of the ladies from another organization that we collaborate with a lot, and. We're both like it. Neither of us is a one and done organization. It takes us all. Mm-hmm. You know, we can help with the sexual trauma. We they can go through both of our programs, but they need other help. It it's a journey. And I think uh, some of our past interviews where we've had people who have mm-hmm. been on our programs have said it's a journey. It's not just you do this and now you're done. You can't provide furniture and now they're done. It, it it just takes us all. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm so struck by what you said about it often taking 20, 30, 40 years before somebody comes forward. And I, I got to think perhaps one of the reasons for that is that I, I believe, and you can tell me if this is right, typically the perpetrator is somebody they know it's their uncle or their yeah yeah and and they 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 don't want to drag somebody in or isn't there a certain amount of shame that uh, i i feel bad if in a, in a strange way to to bring old uncle joe into this or uh, you know what i mean is is that part of it as well they they just reluctant to open a can of worms so to speak uh that they've been they've kept closed for so long that is part of it, but the other part that goes with that, hand in hand with that, is that most often that happens when they're a child, mm-hmm. and a child does not have the brain capacity. I mean, just because they're not physically uh, developed enough to know this is uncle's fault, mm-hmm. this is you know whoever it is, it's yeah. not my fault. They think their brain is very self-centered, just because that's how the brain develops. And so they think it's their fault. Mm-hmm. So it takes that long for them to even realize that that they do need to come forward and say something. 
Yes. All right. If somebody's listening right now and they are saying, okay, it's time. Now is the time. I got to make this call as difficult as it's going to be. What is available to them as far as beginning the healing process through Dawn of Mercy? We have two programs, two specialized programs. One is a 10-week healing group. It kind of deals with the here and now, what's going on in their life right now that, that, that could use some help, things that are triggering them, how to handle the triggers. Um, and the, the um, retreat, then there's a three-day weekend retreat, which um, that is more the spiritual, psychological, emotional, um, trying to help address where to further them along the path. So one deals with kind of the here and now. It's just one night a week for two hours for 10 weeks, just one night a week. And the other is is a fuller healing. It has a little more spirituality in it. And uh, I'm looking at your schedule here. There's a English women's um, program beginning the week of January 21st. So still right. a couple of months away, but... Uh, uh, and this is going to be the 10-week program? That's the 10-week program. Okay. And then there's uh, a men's one. Now, the men's one is not till the fall. And so, obviously, if somebody is ready for healing now, they don't want to wait, you know, 10 months. Well, what can men do now? So, they always call us as soon as you're ready. Yeah. It is very difficult to make that call, and we know that. Because not only do we have these programs, but we also have a list of counselors who have been specifically trained in this particular trauma. And for men especially, it's very difficult for them to make that first phone call. So yeah. if, if there's a man out there listening um, or you know a man that could use this help, I, I encourage you to just pray on it because mm-hmm. that's what's going to give you the courage to make that call. Men yeah. internalize even more so than women. And it's very difficult for them to make that call. Yeah. Becky, I want to ask you a question because I'm sorry. Again, I keep going back to your work in abortion as well. Oftentimes, uh, uh, someone may know of somebody who needs this help, but that person isn't making the call. And I think with abortion as well, what would be your suggestion for the uh, maybe the mom or the dad that knows their daughter did suffer sexual abuse, but she's not ready. Well, or, or you have a friend at work that has talked about it, but they're, well, how, how do you approach that person and say, hey, I heard this interview and maybe you need to call that. What would be, be your advice? Well, I think what Sherry said first and foremost is prayer, is to take it to prayer because, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to touch someone's heart. Um, you can certainly be a vessel of that and offer that. And I think it depends on your relationship and how close you are with that person. I mean, if you're close enough to them and they've and they've confided that experience in you, I think you can share the, you know, just share the website with them, dawnofmercy.org. Um, also, you know, we've talked a couple times about calling. Um, the helpline is 469-613-3296. If anyone's listening, that's 469-613-3296. Um, but I think that's just the first step is, is, is just saying, you know, I know this is an experience that you've shared with me. And if you're looking for a support system, you know, just giving them that website so they can start down that path of discernment on their own and just continuing to hold them up in prayer. Because ultimately, like I said, it's really the Holy Spirit that has to invade them, let them know that you're there as a support system, that you're not going to judge them um, for what they've been through. Um, because I think um, that's a big part of it. You know, we live in this very isolating society, everything with social media and how we in texting and how we interact with each other. 
So sometimes just pulling beyond yourself out of that isolation that sometimes our that our that our you know community can seem to to foster it, it can be its own obstacle to really get people to embrace the idea of community. And I think that's a big part of what the event on December 4th is saying is that some, you know, in some ways community used to come more naturally to us decades ago, but now that we've all, you know, we move away from our families, we connect by computers and by phones, even that idea of connecting with a community can be a challenging idea. So it might take a while for someone, you know, who's experienced this, they're already naturally um, maybe in a shame spiral to just kind of take that next step of saying, yes, there's a community out there and I accept that idea can be a big challenge. So just being patient with them and providing the resource, you know, uh, Sherry might have some other thoughts on that, but that that's kind of where I would start. Sherry. Um, one thing I would add is don't be afraid to mention it to somebody. Because sometimes we think, well, maybe I shouldn't bring the subject up or they might get mad at me. Um, But you're not helpful if you're not really helping them. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid. And even if their initial reaction might be one of of anger, remember that that's part of the trauma. That's you have triggered their trauma and they will see and maybe you can even help them to see that that because they reacted in that way. That says all the more that they could use some some support, some help and support. Just have a few minutes remaining in this interview of the week. We're talking about Dawn of Mercy. This is a healing program, uh, emotional, spiritual healing for individuals who are harmed by sexual assault, uh, regardless of the age when the assault happened or whether you're a man or a, or a woman. Uh, they want to help everybody. Sherry Havlick is founder and president. Becky Vasaski is a board member. And Sherry, I know in addition to those who need healing, you want them to reach out to you. But I know that... Uh, You're looking for volunteers, you're looking for donors. What are are the other needs? We definitely need volunteers. In fact, somebody who could help with some of this outreach, whether it's outreach to those who need the services or outreach to other organizations. Um, It's no longer a, a just a couple people program. We are very busy and we have a lot of people that that have been signing up for our our uh, programs. And so volunteers are definitely needed, you know, whatever your talent is. And they can uh, contact you, healing at dawnofmercy.org or call 469-613-3296. Can they call that same number or is that sure. only? Okay, yeah, because so, yeah. it'll go to either Bernice or uh, I. Okay, website dawnofmercy.org uh, as well. You know, I, I, I just... Uh, I know you both have so much experience in healing from abortion. And I just want you to maybe just talk about some of the, the, the people that have been healed that you've, you, you've witnessed. And just as an encouragement for the, for the people who are listening right now, that it doesn't need to be the way it is now. And you don't need to be in this, the, the spiral that, that Becky talked about. And there, there is hope. And, of course, it's through Jesus Christ. And, uh, the, 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 and, but talk, speak about that. Give somebody hope right now who's, who's suffering. There, there is there are so many examples. I, I, I can give so many testimonies that people have given, but maybe the best overall example is when, when people come into our retreat on Friday, Friday morning, they're all kind of closed up. You can kind of tell from their, uh, from their body language that they're afraid and they're, they're, they don't want to look at you in the eye and they don't you know barely say hi. 
And then by the time we go through to, we have Friday and then Saturday, and they're starting to be kind of chipper, and, you know, they are all interacting with each other. And by Sunday, by Sunday morning even, we always keep the curtains closed for confidentiality, you know, so that nobody can see that they're there. By Sunday morning, we say, hey, what do you guys think? You want to open the curtains today, let a little light in? And they are all excited. Yes, let's see the outside. And we open the curtains, and it's just bright and light in there. And by the time they're leaving, they are all smiles and hugs. And it is just, it's its an amazing transformation. Mm. Now, like I said, that once they leave there, it is still a journey. Yeah. But yeah. just in three days, it is amazing to see the difference. Yeah. Well, I appreciate so much, Sherry, you coming in and talking about this. Founder, President, Dawn of Mercy. And uh, Becky, we got about a less than a minute, but I want to give you one more chance to just give encouragement to uh, men and women out there to, to, to call or email. What would you say? I just got a little bit of time here. Well, I think I can't say any better than someone who's been on the retreat. And I think one of the testimonies that really hit me is that Sherry shared with the board was this retreat made me feel safe, heard, and loved. And and to me, that really encapsulates what we're trying to do is people who come to us broken and through Christ's mercy, find that safety, find that place where they can be heard and find that place where they can feel loved. Very good. Well, thanks to both of you. We are out of time, but uh, the helpline, 469-613-3296, website dawnofmercy.org, email healing at dawnofmercy.org. Don't forget about the Beyond Survival event. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Catholic radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.